Today's scripture is from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you sat back and you thought to yourself, Oh Lord, what have I gotten myself into? There was a time, well, I get in those times all the time, if we're being honest. But for some background, I guess, um, when I went off to college, I assumed and thought and felt that I was going to uh, work uh, in some type of ministry setting uh, in the church. And so I had decided to major in religious studies at Alabama. And so those first couple of years, right, are kind of your general studies. You get to do the maths and the science and the English and all of the, the wonderful things that some of us like and some of us don't like. But as I got into my sophomore year, I began to have the ability to take classes that would um, be towards my major, right, of religious studies. And so I'm going through, and the Religious Studies Department in Alabama is not a huge department, so you can see all the classes that they're offering on the front and back of one paper, like, that's fine. And looking into it, trying to decide what to do, and there was a class that was called um, Early Christian Thought. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, we'll start there. Because uh, being that this is a religious studies program um, at a publicly funded university, right, we had a wide range of re religions that were represented in 
the um, classes at Alabama, and so uh, I thought I would start with something that maybe I was a little familiar with, start with uh, this early Christian thought class, because I knew I had background in church, I knew uh, I kind of had a, a faith foundation, so thinking to myself, oh, okay, this will be a good starting off point. And I got into the class, and I remember the very first day of discussions, I sat there and I was like, what have I gotten myself into? Because the, the subject matter in which they were um, sharing was way over my head. I mean, we were talking about Augusta and Augustine and books that were, you know, if you put these three books together, that was about how thick one book was. Um, I think one of them is like the city of God that I still to this day uh, don't understand all of what's in there. But all of these discussions and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Because I'm a 19-year-old kid who had not had any real <laughs> intro into some of the academia language that they were sharing in this moment. And so I remember, as time would go on, because I was not the smartest in terms of, you know, they, they, they let you get out of classes, you know, the first week or so, and I just never took advantage of that like I should have. Uh, I was a person that when I took the class, I was going to stay the whole time, and we were just going to see how it went. And so first test comes through, and, I, you know, guys, it's a miracle uh, by God that I made a D on that test because it was two questions with uh, asking us to write essays, and I don't know how I, I'm, I muddied through that, but I did. And by, again, some miracle of God, I made a C in the class, which is passing in my book, and so we're going to go with it. But I did so many times throughout that semester, not just that first day, I sat and I said, what did I get myself into? Now, that situation, there was no death that was threatened. Only punishment from my parents if they saw that I failed a class. But thinking to myself, what have I gotten myself into, I think is very similar to a question that the Israelites are asking themselves in this time. They have left Egypt where they had been enslaved. They had followed Moses who was led by God to, to help free the Israelites and now they are in the wilderness, following Moses, wondering where they are going, looking for this promised land, and wondering where are they going to have their next drink from. If I am an Israelite, walking around with Moses in this time, in the wilderness, not really seeing answers or under, in understanding anything, I am saying, what on earth have I gotten myself into? Because water is an essential resource. We need water so that we are able to survive. You can only go so many days without water. 
And so as I imagine the Israelites are wondering to themselves, why are we following Moses? What have we gotten ourselves into? I also assume and think that Moses, hearing what the Israelites are, are saying to him and acknowledging that there is anger, acknowledging that there is frustration and anxious worries, he's probably sitting here, what have I gotten myself into? I am leading this group of people around, and we have no water. Not only am I leading a group of people around without having this resource that is so important to us, but I'm also leading people around without this resource, knowing that they are ready to be done with me, right? That anger and that frustration. And then Moses... In his wondering, he takes a step back. And he goes to God. One of the first things he does is he goes to God. Acknowledging that these Israelite people who he is leading, that they are not happy, and asking God, what should I do? He goes to God, asking questions in prayer, seeking God's guidance. Now, for the Israelites and for Moses, right, we see God revealing very clearly what it was that Moses needed to do. And taking his staff and hitting the rock so that water would come down from that rock. How many times in our own lives are we walking around the wilderness not sure how we got there, not sure why we followed somebody or thought it was a good idea that ended us up in that particular situation. And we thought to ourselves, okay, I got to figure out how to get myself out. And so we start to think through our head, you know, what is it that we can do? almost assuming that we know what we're supposed to do in order that we can get the, uh, the results or get to the place that we want to go. And we go. And we lean into what we think is right. We lean into the answers that we have figured out on our own. And then we realize... We didn't have the answers at all. We realized that we didn't know how to get out of the wilderness. We didn't know the direction to go. What would happen if rather than leaning into us thinking we have the answers for ourselves, us thinking that we can get 
to a certain place or result within a situation because of our knowledge and our own ability, what if we stopped and we did as Moses and we cried out to the Lord saying, God, what shall I do? Where is it that you want me to go? How do you want me to get there? Because I think within our society, uh, we very much have built this idea that you have to be able to figure out and get through hard situations on your own, right? You have to be able to achieve uh, and to, you know, get where you want to go on your own. But the beauty of our faith is that is not the case. We do not have to figure out how to get through the wilderness alone. We need to stop first and seek God. To seek God's guidance to seek His direction. And that is so incredibly hard because we don't ask for help well. My wife, God love her, she puts up with a lot of my shenanigans. She puts up with the fact that I can be loud, I can be obnoxious, but she also puts up with the fact that I am not good at asking for help. I am not good in stopping and trying to figure out a certain direction from God or uh, figuring out which way to go that fulfills God's will before me. Rather, I, I sit and I think through my head, okay, I need to do this, this, this. Okay, if I, if I go here and then there and then this and then that, I'll get to here. I will figure out a way to get through whatever the struggle, whatever the hardship, whatever the wilderness that I am in, I'll, I'll figure it out. And Alyssa can see when I'm in those moments. Alyssa can see when my gears are turning trying to figure out how to solve a situation. Alyssa then being the wonderful spouse that she is, will ask what's going on. Sometimes I tell her. And if I do tell her, then she'll ask again, well, how can I help you? And every single time when I'm thinking through this, where I'm like, oh, I can figure it out, I, I tend to answer that question, I don't really know right now. And part of that's a defense mechanism for me because I don't want to ask for help. I don't know how to see what help I may need. And then in doing that, I hit my breaking point. I become stressed, burnt out, exhausted. 
And so rather than me trying to figure out how to get through the wilderness on my own, what would it have been like if I stopped? If I stopped and I cried out to God, what shall I do? Where shall I go? And then, not only that, if I, as I'm going, as I continue to have an open mind and open heart to where God is leading, then I accepted help from those around me that God puts in my life. Because we're a community of faith. We're not just individuals of faith. And even, not just within our individual life, but sometimes we go through this as a church. Sometimes we go through this as a family, feeling like we're in the wilderness, not knowing where to go, and we try to figure it out on our own. We try to say that we know what is best, rather than stopping and listening and asking. Because the beauty of our God is that God wants us to ask. God wants to be there to guide and to lead. God's surrounding us even in the moments where we think we know what's best. And we don't cry out to the Lord. And so as we continue on in whatever life brings us, as individuals, as a community of faith, and whatever community that we may be in, in those moments of wilderness, in those moments of not knowing where to go or what to do, wondering how is it that I've gotten myself into this, may we stop and may we pray. May we pray out to the God who surrounds us and may we seek, may we seek where God is leading and how God is guiding because we see in this particular instance of God sharing with Moses, you know, to strike down that rock. Moses listened, and the water then came out abundantly. Later on, Moses again cries out to God. And God says, speak to the rock. But rather than speaking to the rock in that moment, Moses again strikes the rock. First time, nothing happens. The second time, water comes out abundantly. But then it is revealed to Moses that he did not listen to God. And then Moses did not get to join the Israelite people in the promised land. So, as we stop and as we ask and we cry out to God, we too stop to make sure that we have open ears, open hearts and minds to see and know where God is leading 
so that we may be obedient followers of our almighty God who is waiting, is just waiting for us to come and to ask him for help no matter what that wilderness is within our lives. So may we go, may we go through the wilderness, but may we go with intentional prayer and obedience so that we may continue to bring the fullness of God's kingdom to the world. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just we give you thanks that you continue to surround us. We give you thanks that even in the moments where we try to do it on our own, you are there. So may we, your people, pray and cry out to you, our God, so that we may see what your will, your direction, and your purpose is in all that we do and that we may be obedient followers of you, our almighty God, now and forever. Amen.